it's Tony Chapman, and welcome to Chatter That Matters. In this age of noise, I cut through the chaos and the confusion to focus on what matters most to your life, your career, your community, and our planet. At the beginning of every podcast, I ask an essential question, and then together, we go on a quest to mine for insights and identify the big ideas that will help you get to where you need to go. Are there homes for the homeless? Well, this podcast extends beyond the plight of the homeless to provide lessons we all can benefit from. It's an amazing story. It's a story about giving people purpose, accountability, and providing them a path to transformation. So why did I choose the homeless? Well, I think they're a glaring example of humans and even employees being marginalized in this world of faster and better. Something that's happening across the entire society is we're seeing a widening divide between the haves and the have-nots. Every city that I travel to, I see more and more people who live on the streets. And what I don't see, but I hear about through politicians and read about in statistics, point to a crisis in terms of shelter capacity, and even offering basic services like food, hygiene, and healthcare. Now, I've always had a strong affiliation to the proverb, give a fish and they feed for a day, teach them to fish and they can feed for a lifetime. Well, on paper, this proverb makes so much sense. You teach and empower and provide the means and people will act, they'll be accountable, they'll become self-sufficient. But does it work in real life? Can it be applied to real life? when you're waiting against a strong current and worse being pulled back by doubt or your upbringing or mental or physical health or a lack of self-esteem and conviction? Well, to answer my questions, I visited Rudy Rudiman, someone I've known and admired for over 20 years. She's the co-founder of Sketch, located in the West End of Toronto. Sketch is a community arts enterprise engaging diverse young people ages 16 to 29 from across Canada who live homeless or on the margins. And I want to tell you that Sketch isn't a shelter, it's a movement. It's a movement where people come during the day to try to find their path and purpose to the transformative power of the arts. Rudy, welcome to Chatter That Matters. Thank you so much. So tell me more about Sketch, how it started and how it's evolved. Sketch was an idea that came about uh, from Phyllis Novak. She's a graduate of York University's uh, theater program. And she started by um, exploring um, the industry of film and television and decided that that wasn't really making the mark for her. And so started to volunteer and work with young people who were living homeless uh, on the streets of Toronto. And then started to engage them through the arts. She was also does a visual arts and, and uh, theater. And so started to invite them to a space. And um, essentially it started from there. And actually, I think Phyllis would say, instead of being a founder, that we are like first learners. Um, we learn from folks and we follow what they do. So we started to design through them and with them what Sketch is today. So you talk about that you, that they, you had created a space that they would come. It's almost like field of dreams, build it and they would come. But you describe Sketch as not being a service agency. So tell me what is a service agency and what makes you different? A service agency to us is a place where people go when there's urgency and, um, and emergency needs. They provide primary services. So if you're looking for a place for housing, food, health, um, you know, mental health care, those are places that have the expertise to be able to provide those services. 
Sketch doesn't is not a service. It's not an agency. It's it's an initiative, uh, and we work with young people uh, between the ages of sixteen to twenty nine who are experiencing homeless. But we work from a place of asset based. So young people who come here, we look at them as people of potential, and we provide the day to day where they can come and start to really redesign. Um, and rewrite their narratives for themselves and start to develop uh, a life that can be sustained beyond the emergence of an agency's um, provisions. We partner strongly with those agencies so that essentially it allows us then to provide a real true uh, wraparound support for a young person that during the day can come here and figure out uh, who they are in the world and what they want to be and then make sure that they have those primary needs met when they leave for the day and then eventually it gets less and less the need gets less and less of those services in their lives so when you talk about it's less of just a place to drop in because in a lot of the stuff i've read about sketch you've got programs you put in place that help people sort of grab on the rungs on the ladder and start moving down this path of transformation tell me a little bit about those programs so when an individual comes to Sketch, they uh, it's free. It's all accessible to individuals who identify as street-involved, homeless, or otherwise marginalized. So it's a really broad group of young people and young adults. Uh, they can be anywhere between 16 to 29 years of age. They come and there is studio programs. These are programs where I like to think of it sometimes like a playground. You know, when you go and you can kind of explore and we have... A multidisciplinary studio so you can do everything from ceramics pottery to textiles music recording uh, you can do in industrial arts uh, you can do culinary arts it really is a broad spectrum of the arts uh, and the area that they can come into and try stuff make mistakes um, and really start to explore so that's really an entrance uh, an entrance entrance into the space and an introduction to each other and then as people start to come, they start to get invited into things and they start identifying things that they want to build and deepen their skills in. And they start to connect with others who are like minded, who have same ideas and they start to, you know, play off each other's ideas and come up with all kinds of interesting concepts. And um, and so they start to build and develop things together and collaborate or they start to build and develop their own body of work. So the focus becomes a deepening of those skills. And then eventually what happens is they start to feel their agency in the voice. So they start to want to lead. And so there's an opportunity then in the in the framework that allows people to start to share their own leadership and their own knowledge with each other to collaborate, uh, to experiment on that and then really own uh, an opportunity to lead others peer to peer and then out into the community. So it, it, it really is a, an entire framework of learning that people can move through and around and, and start to really figure out who they are uh, in the world and who they want to be. How do you determine pace? Because in society, it seems like they're always trying to dictate pace and you should be doing this by then. And if you're not doing this, you're not a succeeding or you're failing. It sounds like here it's a little bit more nomadic or bohemian that I can kind of come in and 
find my pace? Is that, is that fair? Absolutely. I think it's essential that we meet people where they're at. They're already coming in with a huge load of what has been told about who they are in the world and what they should be doing and how they should be doing it, as opposed to eliciting from them who they are and what skills they want to develop so that they can be fully uh, engaged and have their own agency in that, in that work. I think that um, if we mandate what people must do, and I think a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily identify as homeless or street involved or marginalized, when they see this space and they hear what we're doing, they think, wow, I'd really love to have that too. I often do relate it a bit to my own parenting <laughs> in a sense, because I think that um, I want to I want to at first sort of manage and provide what is what children need or what what individuals need. In this case, young adults who haven't had the opportunity to develop those skills have had in their lives. Um, so we want to provide that and facilitate it. And then we don't need to manage it beyond that. We just need to engage and help facilitate and mentor that development and listen to what it is that they need in order to move to the next place in their lives. Now, I know you've had a lot of extraordinary people come in and, and support Sketch. So you've, you've got a real perspective with works here, but works in the real world. Don't you think a lot of what you're talking about is things that business leaders should be thinking about in terms of how they create cu transformative cultures and how people believe in each other? I think that um, a as a leader, my, my focus as a leader in this organization and uh, in, in my community, if I'm going to hold that role, it's not about what I tell people to do or what it is about, what can I do to bring out the best in every individual? It sounds really simple, but it's probably one of the hardest roles of a manager or a leader in the community. How do I elicit that? Um, the capacity of individuals and open it up, crack it open <laughs> and get people excited about who they are in business. Absolutely. If we are trying to control our environments and trying to um, mandate how, how people need to be, I think you're missing out an entire uh, op lot of opportunities in how uh, creative people can be and with new ideas and new concepts. So organizations have, I guess, an advantage in the sense that they can de determine who they want to bring in because they go out and recruit based on a, a specific need. You're more of an open door that people will come in. So how do you make sure that your culture works, that you're, you're bringing in new people with new ideas, and as you said, I've got to meet them where they are and find a way so that they can assimilate in this culture and, and, and contribute versus take away from it? See, I don't know if it's so much assimilation into a culture. I think the culture that they bring is also critical for us to understand and know because it's that's what they're living with. So we need to be open to what that culture is and how do we help them navigate it, uh, navigate it for themselves, but still create opportunities for them then to transform that culture and change how people are thinking. Um, that doesn't have to be aggressive or... Um, but, but it has to be very vocal and grounded. Um, and I think that's the difference that we have a culture now that is trying, I think that is, um, trying to give voice to so many more diverse groups, um, which is fantastic. How we do that, how we make that change is going to be so critical. And the young people who come here are the ones that face that first and foremost every single day. Uh, when you look at the numbers of young people that are, 
um, that are marginalized, it is highly racialized communities, trans communities, indigenous communities. Those are the ones who are most um, isolated and challenged and, and barriers are, are created. Um, so we have to really uh, engage with what their culture is and what their experiences are and then figure out how do we adapt to be able to um, mentor them to move into the world with all of that knowledge through a lens of of equity and acceptance and and knowledge sharing and I think that's that's it's it's a high it's a high order to try and meet but I think it's a critical one um, to create the world that we all want to living in i find that today especially with social media that people seem to be retreating into their own comfort zone that like-minded people like-minded values how what lessons can you offer the listeners and how they can be more open-minded in terms of acceptance the way you are when people walk into your place i think it the, it, the reason that people um you know, hide or what was the language? What was the word? Well, like-minded, like, they retreat to their tribe. They they, they, mm-hmm. they they feel very comfortable that they're with people that they I, they do what I do and they feel like what I feel. Mm-hmm. And yet, you're in a world that says people come in. It's it, they're bringing, adding, adding texture to it. Yeah. What lessons can you give the listeners and how they can be more? Yeah, I think that um, what we do then is we um, when we tr- when we hide, we lose out on the knowledge and the experience of individuals. And what it does, I think, I think what happens is that I know in myself, if somebody presents in a certain way that I'm uncomfortable with, um, I, I don't know how to deal with that discomfort. So it's learning how to um, be open to that discomfort for a while, because at the end of the day, you're both just human and you just want to talk to each other and have somebody listen. Um, and so listening to me is absolutely key uh, and not placing judgment or directives on somebody. It really is just opening up uh, to hearing what it is they're experiencing, how they're experiencing it. And then what starts to happen in my experience is then people start to ask you questions. They want to explore. They want to know how it works and how, how can they get to the next place. Um, and so I usually... Um, I create spaces that allow people to ask those questions and then and I start asking questions back well where do you see this going for yourself where do you want to be um how do you how do you see yourself getting there um and the discomforts come in mostly from things that we're not like you said when our worlds don't necessarily um have uh in front of us so we might not know somebody or have somebody in your life who is trans or somebody who is from a racialized community. And I think you're, it's incredibly limiting to our own understanding of really what this world is, is like now, which is global. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and not opening up to that will, will not help move things into a peaceful place. It will become a more disruptive um, community. So I wish the listeners could have the advantage that I have because I've been around uh, Sketch for so so many years and every time I walk in I see people with shining eyes and beating hearts and smiling and energetic and they're all humans and they all have their stories and then you go to your videos which are so emotional in terms of seeing people uh, do it. So one of the things that you want to create as a legacy here and not for yourself but you one of the things that you want to do is to find the capital that allows you to put in sustainability that you know this will be your home 
some of these great programs can be institutionalized, scaled, offered outside of it. So $20 million, I think, is the number that I'm hearing. What's the best way, do you think, we can get this story out? Because it's not a, this isn't a big hospital. It's not an Ivy League university. You can't offer somebody's name on, a, on you know, the, uh, the emergency ward in, in larger than life. What can we do to convince people that have the dollars that what you do matters so much? Very good question. <laughs> I think there is so much, but you have to understand and appreciate what impact a place like Sketch can make uh, in its community. Uh, we aren't a hospital. We can't offer those things. What we do offer is transformation of a community. Uh, we offer sustainability to young people that otherwise uh, would be uh, facing a lot of barriers who would be um, facing unemployment and you know being supported by government sketch is uses the arts as a way of engaging young people to uh, to develop a self-sustaining future for themselves and it 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 doesn't it does not that sketch um, transforms them they are able through sketch to transform themselves and that turns into how they transform what's happening out in the community um, when they partner with people when they have children when they are reconnecting with people in their community uh, that all impacts who they are when they leave the space um, and when they start to develop and design ideas so uh, sketch for example has um, you know determined that this space is critical to that to have one space where people know is consistent, it's it's accessible, it's um, equitable, and it's welcoming to who they are, where they're at, then they know they can come to it consistently and start to build those opportunities until at some point they don't necessarily need it or, or, or they're so busy in their lives they don't actually have time to come anymore. And that's what we see happen. People start to build their own initiatives and then go into their communities, take all the learning that they have that they have um, grown with in their lives and then take it into the community and deal with issues that that led them to some of the places, you know, that led them back, led them to sketch in the first place. Um, so there. So what do we do? We we impact over we've impacted over 13,000 individuals in over the years at sketch uh, coming through our doors. In the last year, we've had over 1,300 individuals, um, and 600 of those are new people. So word of mouth, the community is finding its way here from all across uh, Ontario, as far as uh, you know, Pickering, Ajax, um, all the way to Etobicoke, Oakville. People come uh, because they know that this space is here and they can come consistently to learn, no matter what the day presents to them. Um, so it's on their terms and it's, uh, it, it creates individuals that then can go out and live the fullness of life, um, that we all want to live, but they always know that, um, within them, they built this innate sense of who they are and their own voice. And that, that has a long impact in how the world will shift and change. Um, it's not as tangible as somebody necessarily getting a heart transplant, but it is incredibly tangible because people's hearts are changed. Wow. So if people wanted to get involved, 
how would they go about reaching out? Do they go to your website, which I think is sketch.ca? Or? Yes, if they're interested in, in finding out more, absolutely. Um, we have sketch.ca. Uh, if they're interested in learning more about the capital campaign um, to be able to purchase the spaces here, we have uh, sketch.ca slash invest. And you can go in and look at what we have to offer there. So, Rudy, this couple, I've learned so many things today, but I always end my podcast by the three things that touch me the most. Uh, first of all, you have always touched me because your North Star and your purpose in life is about uh, enabling and helping and coaching and encouraging. And, and there's never, ever do you chase the spotlight. Uh, even asking you to do this podcast, you wanted other people to be part of it. By the way, for the listeners, I'm in their studio. is is provided by the Slate Foundation. Uh, this has been edited by Jane Doe, who's who's uh, one of the leaders down at Sketch. So it just it proves that everything is possible here. Second thing, I love what you said is meet people where they are, and I think that's a great lesson in life. We we. We so often uh, want to define the rung on the ladder for people, but you're saying, you know, go to where they are and meet them. And I think the third thing that we can all learn from is that our job is to help bring out excellence in others. It's not to have others make us excellent. And I think that is such sage advice because I think there's certainly what you deal with, with people marginalized, people on the street, as you said, people that have come from different backgrounds, but I think a lot of that insecurity and fear and lack of self-esteem is, uh, is trans- it's cascading through in our entire society as people just feel uncertain about what their next steps are. So uh, I'm so proud to call you a friend. I'm so honored to be here uh, delivering this podcast. And uh, thank you again for everything you do every day for Sketch and how I hope this, this philosophy just uh, absolutely amplifies across the planet. Well, thank you so much. I hope people will go and find out more and come and visit us and see what we do. I'll make sure they do. Thank you. All right. You were just absolutely oh. unbelievable. Oh, really? okay. oh my God. That was good. fantastic. Okay. That was, I want to make sure it came across. That was so good. That was so wonderful. Hi, I'm Jane Doe Smith. I'm an associate artist at Sketch. I produce this podcast at Sketch Studios. If you want to donate or learn more about Sketch, please visit sketch.ca. Thank you for listening.